guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake coming at you, hanging out with my good friends here at RGS Exteriors and Construction. 801-557-9875, hanging out with Tim and his crew. Uh, Austin Horton producing today back at our Carrier Zone studios at Vivid Arena and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you today? Hope you're doing well. Hanging in there, buddy. How about yourself? How was your weekend? Uh, it was. It was. It was pretty good. Pretty good. And uh, Austin said he's having a great day, so there's something up. I don't know what, but uh, something's up. You know what's up. You know yeah. what's up. Uh, I, I, what to pay no attention to the man behind the curtain? No. If you if you just thought about it for about thirty seconds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> By the way, I had an old number for RGS. I, I apologize. Eight zero one two eight zero three one one zero. Uh, no, think about it for a second and, and, and ask yourself, Gordon, why would Austin be in a good mood today? I have no idea. I think you maybe do, though. He, had, he had fun with... He, he's even been on Twitter about this, which is great. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings lost to the Dallas Cowboys, Gordon, so Austin gets to make up incriminating audio for both of us today. <laughs> and you ask yourself, why is Austin in such a good mood? I I, I I fail to recognize what you guys are talking about. I, huh. I, 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 I don't Do you know. like your revenge cold or hot? <laughs> I don't. I don't like my revenge any temperature. But Too I have bad. a feeling I'm not going to like it. But you know, I mean, whatever. I'll take it. I mean, I'm a part of this thing. I'm not going to whine about it. You know, I think uh, I think Austin and I have probably. Taking our punishment a lot better than one Jake Scott, who has you... whined every time he's uh, had to do anything. So uh... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, great start to the week here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is a. It is a good start. Hey, though, um, I and I'll, I'll I'll do it. I'll do what you guys tell me to do, as long as it's not too personally embarrassing. But it probably will be. Uh, and but I'm but I'm in a good mood today for. A good reason. You want to hear it? Sure. You know, I am a bit of a fashionista. You know, I have, I don't know what it is. It's just sort of a gift I've had since a young age. I just sort of knew what looked good and what didn't. I knew kind of, you know, uh, what, what was, uh, uh, what looked good, what, what was appropriate for any said, uh, situation. And then I did the exact opposite personally, but, I like those new Utah Jazz dark mode uniforms. I think those are pretty sharp looking. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I like them. I think they're pretty cool. Uh, they keep the old um, 
you know, feel of the, the city of Jersey that was very popular and updated a little bit. I thought it looked cool. Austin, do we have your thought? I, I love it uh, a lot more. I was not a, as big a fan of the last city edition as everyone else seemed to be. I thought it was uh-huh. a nice change of pace. I really like this one a whole lot. Yeah, I like the I dark look. look. I agree. It looks good. And, uh, you know, I think those things are important to the players. I mean, not as important as the as the color green. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think they like looking good. And when you look good, you play good, you feel good. And I think that's a good look. So it, it, I'm not sure Jake wasn't overly convincing on that, Austin. I'm not sure what he really thinks. I'm not sure Jake he, is uniform opinion guy, really. That, not that really. Doesn't, really. doesn't really care. Just show up and play, huh? I mean, I, I like, you know, some uh, hi, uh, uniforms going through history. Like, uh, I love the, the fudgesicle uh, Buccaneers uniforms. I thought Creamsicle, you mean? Uh, that's what I mean. Fudgesicle, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. Creamsicle. <laughs> yes, uh, creamsicle. Uh, orange jerseys, I, like, I thought those were pretty cool. Here, here's, my, here's my take on jerseys, uh, Gordon. I'm glad that they got over being so tight-fisted about uniforms. You remember when it was so, like, you have to have a home and a road away, uh, you know, uniforms, and that's it. Now we've got you know throwbacks and four, city editions four, and, yeah, and and all these all these other you know it just gives in my opinion it gives the fans something else to get excited about and ultimately it gives the franchise something else to sell to yes, the fans that's, and that's, it's that's the key thing right there but but you know that's great that's marketing uh, on a on a very base level for the franchise and uh, anything to to get sports fans excited about something uh, you know I'm all for that. I think fans are more into it than than some people might think because they take great pride in it as well. I mean, they they want their team to look good and they want to be able to buy a jersey that that they feel good about. And uh, apparently the old city edition was really quite popular. But I think this one uh, looks even better. I mean, I mean, I didn't mind that one. Uh, This one uh, looks sharp uh, all the way around, even right down to the little accents on the thing so yeah so good for the jazz yeah i, I like it I, I i think it's funny that the nuggets like pretty much carbon copied the jazz old one but you know good for them <laughs> i didn't see theirs <laughs> oh you didn't see the nuggets yeah you should <laughs> no. you should dig that up that that came out what austin like last week uh it, it looks very similar yeah very similar the, the <laughs> they must have really liked what the jazz did with theirs because they did something very similar so they, yeah, they, they that, use it, different colors. I'm assuming. Nah. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Okay. No, go look right, at it. Well, go look at it. Dig it up. Flattery it's, is it's, uh, the greatest compliment, right? It's uh, just Google right now. Nuggets City or Edition imitation, uniforms. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you know, I can I forgive you on that one, Gordon, because I yeah. I called a creamsicle a fudge sickle earlier, and the uh, and that no, both, that's not they, the one. They both taste good. So. I, I think, uh, Austin, didn't you tweet out a link to that last week? To the creamsicles? Never mind. No, to the, the nuggets, weren't you referring to? No, that wasn't yeah, me. That's what but I, but oh, they totally okay. ripped off the jazz old city look. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of the jazz, let's let's start with the jazz. There's there's so many huge stories out there today. I had a bit of a debate in my mind what, what to do, you know, what to uh, start with uh, BYU scheduling, Utah's first game. But ultimately, the most impactful story over the weekend had to be Donovan resigning, right? Let's, uh, let's start the show with that, with the split story. Go ahead, Austin. Two guys, two topics, 
Two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Donovan says, don't bring me a pick. I'll go to work. Ten on the clock. He works at the NBA logo. Donovan crosses over, rises, fires, hits! 3.4 seconds left. Donovan Mitchell has done it again. Oh, you are marvelous. Donovan Mitchell is having a five-minute stretch that puts him in the elite of the NBA. 15 points in the last five minutes for Donovan Mitchell. Five on the clock. Donovan through the legs. Rise. Fire. Three. Sweet revenge. Donovan Mitchell, you are something else. 46 for the kid. Don't talk to me, says Donovan. Don't talk to me. Donovan squirts to the lane and finishes at the rim. Donovan Mitchell with 45. Michael Jordan 63. Elgin Baylor 61. Donovan Mitchell 57 are the three highest scoring playoff games in NBA history. All right, Gordo. Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz agree to a five-year, well, actually more accurately, four-year with a player option for a fifth-year a $163 million extension that could be worth up to $195 million if Donovan makes an all-NBA team, as uh, he would then be eligible to make more money. Uh, but basically, Gordon, this was the most the Jazz could possibly pay Donovan Mitchell. And we talked a lot about this. That is exactly what they should have done, and uh, and they did it. Well, if you're going to play ball, you got to play ball. you got to pay pay the players, right? And uh, Donovan Mitchell is the cornerstone of the franchise, and so, yeah, you pay him. Now, I don't know whether fans have reached a point of being numb to these numbers because that's a whole lot of money, and it, it, it it's just crazy money when you think about it. But I guess fans shouldn't be asked to think about it because I uh, don't want it to ruin their fun. The Jazz retained their 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 cornerstone, and uh, yeah, so uh, Donovan Mitchell will be with the Jazz through the uh, the prime of his career. So there there it is. I think fans, if if you want to start here, I, I think fans should be numbed to the number. Don't hate the player, hate the game. And if you if you look at it, Donovan Mitchell is one of the very best in the world at what he does. Yep. You know, why would we why would we uh, resent somebody who uh, makes a living as being one of the best at what they do? I mean, plus, you know, that money's going somewhere. It's going into the owner's pocket or it's going into Donovan's pocket. No, but I, mean, I think the, some the fans, NBA I, is generating that kind yeah. of revenue. So I, 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 I think some fans uh, sort of uh, it, it, it hurts them. When, when tickets uh, cost them what, what they cost them. And the Jazz are more reasonable than a lot of franchises, let's say it the way it is. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's how they interpret it through their prism, and that's a difficult thing for some of them. But the Jazz have to pay this guy. They have to pay him the max amount, and that's exactly what they did. That's the responsible thing to do. If you want to win, you got to do it. And and I think most Jazz fans, they, they want to cheer for a team that wins. They want to cheer for a team that's at the top. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're not willing to compete. And that's just the facts of life. What I thought was the most important thing about that, Gordon, is he did the four-year with the fifth-year player option. He did not yeah. go for the he he did not go for the short-term contract to uh, become a free agent faster. He went with four-year with fifth option, which I think is a good sign about his. Um, uh, I guess, opinion about his future with, with the team. And I've told you this, Gordon, you hope these players are, are, uh, are greedy. 
because that's actually where the small small market teams have their advantage. You know, you can pay more to retain your players. So um, in this case, you know, getting back to the point, I think the Jazz gladly paid this to Donovan Mitchell. I, I'm sure everybody involved had a smile, a smile on their face when these terms were reached. Yes, that's uh, that's what I think the the majority reaction was to it. And we don't even know how good Donovan Mitchell can yet become. I mean, when we saw the way he played in the bubble, it was like, what? That was like, oh, you heard Locke on the call there. It was like he was in a different place. He was playing at such a level that cannot be expected. But holy cow, if he if he's anywhere near that, then the Jazz, uh, just, the jazz will be pleased as can be. And if, if the Jazz are pleased, I'm at fans will be pleased and so now we'll see if it's reflected in the win-loss columns right and and you hope donovan continues to take those steps and continues to get better i i don't know what was real and what wasn't real about the bubble that was just such a wild thing but you you hope that the improvement and uh which he has demonstrated throughout his career you know donovan has never really had a well he's taken a step back kind of moment i mean he's he's just gotten better and better and better and if that continues then he'll be a bargain uh, by the well, end think, of that deal. Th- think about what he represents. He represents what, what the Jazz love to see in players. He's got strong character. He's uh, he, he wants to work hard to improve. He's driven to improve. And uh, and he's really talented. So, I mean, I, I think that covers it, doesn't it? It certainly does. So. Now, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. No, I'm done. No, no. Uh, now all eyes turn to number 27. Yes. And what happens uh, with Rudy Gobert and what kind of deal is reached or not reached uh, with uh, the other cornerstone for this franchise. Um, we can get more into Derek Favors a little bit later on in the show, Gordon, uh, because I, I, I've thought about it a little bit more and I've got to, I've adjusted my take a little bit and we can we can get into that. But my question to you is, you're not do saying you, you agree with me now. Um, on some things I do. Uh, on a okay. on a couple of things I've 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 thought right. about. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really agree with Austin on one specific point uh, that he made last uh, last Friday. But uh, we can get to that. But the question I have for you is: Is Derek Favors insurance slash leverage in the in the negotiation with Rudy Gobert? Uh, the thought did cross my mind. I, I don't think that's why they acquired him, uh, but I think that uh, certainly, uh, you know, Dennis Lindsay's pretty smart, just in Zanuck. They know the biz, and they know the realities of the biz. And uh, so, yeah, I think that accomplishes a couple of things, but I don't think it was the primary thought in bringing him back. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, primary. I mean, we can we can kind of split hairs a little bit, and yeah, you're, you're, there's there's probably some correct there. But I mean, if you want to call it a byproduct or a motivation, either way, it kind of works out the same, right? Well, I so, would assume that the Jazz know what what the stance is of Rudy and his people. I mean, they have to have some indication of how this is going to go. If I'm the Jazz, I pay Rudy Gobert more than anyone else can pay him. But I don't go Supermax because you just can't. You just can't. And if Rudy is going to demand that Supermax, then then I think he's being unreasonable. That's my opinion. Because well, Rudy can – sorry, Rudy can, can uh, not demand the Supermax and still be far apart with the Jazz on salary. 
Yeah, I understand. But I, I, so what I was getting at is the Jazz should pay him, in my opinion, should pay him more than anybody else can, but just keep it, keep it within reason. Because I'm not sure that anybody is worth the Supermax. I mean, maybe LeBron. Uh, but, but when you look at the teams who have gone to the Supermax, it hasn't worked out very well for them. And there's less than a handful, right? And, and Rudy doesn't quite fit into the category where I would go in order to feel good about paying that kind of money. Uh, but, but I would, I do think he's extremely valuable to what the Jazz are trying to do. And I would, I would work with his people. And I'm sure that's what the, the guys are doing. Uh, but Supermax, uh, Jake, I just can't go there. I can't do it. So what if their numbers are far enough apart that they don't reach um, uh, an agreement? By And, and Ben Anderson actually was on Hanson Scotty earlier today, and he talked a little bit about this. We don't really know what the date is going to be uh, to on these extensions. Like usually it's at the – I think Ben was saying at the end of October, and that sounds about right to me. I don't know what that's going to be this year, what date they have to figure it out by. But let's say they don't figure out an extension by that date, Gordon, and Rudy goes into this year being the final year he's going to be under contract. Do you roll the dice like they did with Gordon Hayward? Uh, well, it it, <laughs> it depends. I mean, if the demand, if the message coming back is, hey, I want all of it, then then I wait from the Jazz. I don't think that bodes well, but that that's that's what I would do. But I would try and work something out. And, and, and really, the Jazz have no control over what Rudy and his people are thinking. But uh, I, if they are, quote, unquote, generous with their offer, then Rudy should respect that, in my opinion. I don't know what he thinks personally. I don't know what his motivations are. He said he feels like winning a championship where he is and not going somewhere else to win the championship. Uh, and if the Jazz are willing to pay him more than he can get anywhere else, then what he has said previously seems like it fits into the category of, okay, were you telling the truth or were you lying? If you weren't lying, then if the Jazz are paying you more than anybody else can pay you, then resign, you know, and, and so, win that championship that you talked about, uh, saying that you didn't feel like it was necessary to go anywhere else to get your championship. No, he said, in fact, he said, I want to build it, uh, be a part of building it. And so that would indicate that he could do that here. So you're saying you would roll the dice then and, and go to the, play the year out and go into free agency? Un- unless, no, well, I would try and get see if I could reach reasonable ground with him but if you get, can't, that's that's what I'm saying. If they can't, if they don't get there by that date, and that doesn't happen for whatever reason, you roll the dice and go to free agency. I'm not sure that Rudy Gobert is worth 35% of the roster. No, today. I know, but yeah. uh, but uh, and I don't well, think what, the Jazz what, well, do either. But okay, I'm just saying so what, if they're far apart, and let's say Rudy bent a little bit, but it wasn't enough for the Jazz, and they're still far, far apart on their number, by the time the date comes where they can't negotiate anymore, that was my question. Are the, do you roll the dice like you did with Gordon Hayward and and play out the year and hope that you can resign him, or do you move him? Well, yeah, my my answer to the question is depending upon how unreasonable he is. If he is completely unreasonable, and I'm not approaching, I cannot feel responsible in approaching that number. 
that that he is designating, then yeah, I roll the dice. Okay, all right. I do I do? don't think I I don't think I would. No, I think I'd move. You them. you go ahead and pay the whole amount. I don't. It, no, no, no. I'd, I'd move them. That's what I'm saying. If oh, I, if okay. the Jazz and Jazz and Rudy can't come to terms on a number before the deadline, I'm not rolling the dice in the off season. Oh, so what do you do? Move. I, I get gonna, on the you're horn. Gonna, you're going to get on and get, get this guy traded. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I that understand. seems to me like like uh, better than going for nothing. Like what happened yeah. with Gordon Hayward. I mean, yes, I they, they, the Jazz got very fortunate that they drafted Donovan Mitchell that year, and he ended up being the perfect player for the role that they had available. And that mm-hmm. season was unreal. I will never forget it. It was like something out of a movie. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. it was such an incredible comeback by that team. It was it was one of my favorite seasons covering the Utah Jazz. The Jazz got and, very fortunate because they lost an All Star for nothing. Right. And the year before was a pain in everyone's butt. Because nobody knew what, what was Gordon Hayward going to do. Right, right. And yeah. it, it didn't work out well. And so I don't know if I, I would risk had that happening again. And I would, I would get on the horn with somebody who's over the cap and has, uh, thinks they have a chance at, uh, at winning a title. And I'd say, how would you like the best center in the league? Uh, yeah, I, I might have even already have done it. You know? And maybe they have. We don't know. I mean, they're really no. tight-lipped about that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I I don't know that either, uh, but I I would expect to hear something more positive in this regard coming up uh, uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, all right, because we'll I think because I think it is a priority for the Jazz to reach a good number, but what's good on one side is is it good on the other? I that we don't right. know. We don't know. Nope. All right, but, uh, but I misunderstood we, what you were saying. I agree with your strategy completely. I think that's okay. the smart way to go about it. Well, see, that's why we communicate, Gordon. That's why we're good together, buddy. We can talk to each other. I like it. What we have here is a failure <laughs> to communicate. Is that still your your Twitter yeah, thing? It is. is. It? <laughs> yeah. All right, we are live here today from RGS Exteriors and Construction. Our good friend Tim joins us again 801-280-3110 and i i realize now re-reading this i i realized what i did earlier in the show and uh you may or may not have given out my I, cell i think i did I'm not, I'm, not sure that, yeah. I'm not sure that i like that idea that's why i gave I, you a different number oh, wait, 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 i realized wait, like jake. oh no that wasn't it <laughs> jake jake did you really what? give out Tim's cell number? I did. I did. I, I think it was I Gordon's cell number. Maybe. I did that. Oh, that yeah. did just yeah. uh, did happen. Call me. I want to. I want to hear from everybody. Give me a call so, as soon as I, you can. I, I, you know what? I knew when I read it because we. I mean, we come out here all the time. I knew when I read it. I was like, that doesn't. That doesn't seem correct to me. That doesn't hey, seem right. I, you look, know what? That seems more like a cell phone number. Customers can call my cell, but I'd rather they call my office. That because here's. The, let's just be honest. You know, you've got a really good staff in the office. I, they do a really, really good job and. I'm just going to screw it up if a customer calls me to set up a right. anyway. So we want to go through the right channel, so it's all good. Oh, my bad. 801-280-3110. But hey, yeah, I, hey, Jake. I brought that Jake. back up and looked, and I was like, I know what I did there. I, I gave <laughs> out Tim's cell number. Yes, I can, I can use his cell number because I am a customer. So uh, Yeah, I, you, yeah. So you can Tim. call me, Gordon. I, yeah, I can call time. Tim whenever I want. And now uh, about, I don't know, 50,000 of my best friends can too. 
Oh, boy. Thanks, Gordon. Look, Gordon. <laughs> flex there. Uh, where, where do you want to start? You guys do so much. You've well, got so much going on. No, I think it's good. Let, 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 I think the best thing to talk about is, is look, weather's shifting, right? Yep. Weather's changing. Mindsets are changing. And, and, look, the reality of it is is we're really busy right now. Um, everybody wants to get ready for the wintertime. And that's just the reality. And, and, you know, just to be totally frank and upfront with all of our customers, if they call today expecting something to be done by the end of the year, it's, it's not feasible. Right. right. It's just not. However, we still want to take care of our customers, and we want to take care of them whatever it is, whether it's the gutters, whether it's the heat cables to, to melt the ice in there so they don't have to worry about that this winter, um, whether it's siding, whatever it is, still call us now. And, and, and we're, we've got some really good things coming up um, that we want to take care of our customers the first part of the year. So really still anything on the outside of the home, we're, we're happy to help. They'll do it, 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110. I imagine those, those heated gutters are probably a really big deal, right? Yeah, now. and that's and that's honestly, now's the time because even though our estimators might be, uh, especially with the holiday, a couple of weeks before they can get out to give you an estimate, um, it's really good to look at it now. Um, I try to assess what's going on before the ice really gets to be a problem, but we don't want a customer slipping and falling. We don't have any accidents. I mean, geez, a, a broken arm is going to cost more money. Um, even with insurance, then it's going to cost to put the heat cables in here. So, you know, let's let's get the heat cables taken care of. Let's look at it. Let's assess it, and, and so we can get you handled. All right, 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110. Tim's going to be hanging out with us all show long. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is Cat Stevens, selected by you me know. and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest news and artists inside of LiveNation.com. I, I heard this, uh, that, that this song that we're hearing right now was a great makeout song back in the day. Uh, why, why do you always have to go there? I, I, I didn't <laughs> know it firsthand. <laughs> Thank you, Austin. <laughs> you know... Today, if we're going to do Cat Stevens, can you do 18th Avenue? I haven't heard that song in forever, man. Cat Stevens was a part part of my youth. It was a part of my younger days and uh, back when I was young and spry. Young and or spry? (laughs) Uh, Chester used to show up every once in a while back in that time, but not often. All right, the, the BYU scheduling story I know is a big one, and we will get to it today. In fact, we have Stuart Mandel coming on the show at the top of the thir- uh, 3 o'clock hour from The Athletic. Uh, Stuart, a uh, friend of the show, made some waves with BYU fans, got dragged a little bit. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about what's going on with, uh, with BYU and the Pac-12 with uh, Stuart at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Tom Hackett will be on with us at 4 from K- KSL Sports. Of course, uh, Ute punter, uh, former Ute punter, and then Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback, will be with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But, Gordon, we've uh, been waiting for it four months, literally four months, but we finally got the debut of the university, 2020 University of Utah football team, and it didn't go well. They lost to USC 33-17. to 17. Uh, It feels like they're, 
about a zillion directions we can go with this, Gordon. But uh, let me get your initial reaction to what we saw on Saturday, uh, Saturday night. Yeah, uh, I think that you and I had been talking about the question of whether how much of a disadvantage it was for the Utes not to have played before that game. And I don't want to lean on that as some sort of excuse, but I think it, it is a partial It is a partial <laughs> explanation. There, there, there's no doubt. The Utes, especially on offense, were not gathered properly and uh, could not uh, achieve what they, what they wanted to. Uh, and, and I think that, that, like you said, that was that was evident, and I think it was evident on both sides of the ball, well, even more on the offensive side than the defensive side. And I didn't know whether that would be the case or not, but it was. Uh, the Trojans looked like they were a step ahead of the Utes all night long. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Utah did not did not play well. Uh, uh, really on either side of the ball. But certainly I, I would agree with you that uh, I think the criticism is, is more for the offense. They just it really struggled, struggled to get it going. Um, you know, uh, Cam Rising ends up being the starter, but then has to leave. And yeah. Jake Bentley uh, comes in. And, and boy, it was he, – he had an un, unimpressive game to me, Gordon. Uh, maybe there's a reason he was leaving South Carolina uh, because he did not – he did not look terrific. Maybe well, he, was, he, 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 was, what was he, uh, he was 16 and 28, 171 yards, and uh, made some mistakes along the way. And, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it was not a great showing for either one of the quarterbacks. No. And, and he, maybe he didn't play well. Like, there was a lot of new for him. So, you know, I, I'm not here to cast judgment. But there were some throws. It, it, it wasn't just mistakes, Gordon. There were some throws that you looked at and went, oh, man. Like, yeah. what's – What's that? <laughs> you can't make that throw. Okay, so do you uh, think that that is that is that an indication of the kind of quarterback Jake Bentley is, or is it know. an indication of a rusty guy who hadn't played for a long time, and in, in live action and against uh, USC, was, you know, against was, a team like that? Yeah, it was discombobulated. It was a, a disconnect. So uh, I guess my point is, I think that had the Utes had a little experience under their uh, under their belt uh if they'd played a time or two they would have shown better but i still think sc looked like the more talented bunch utah is young man this team is young and i know it's coming from the university it's coming from the program it's coming from others who want to use that as an excuse and maybe you can and maybe you can't but the fact is, right now, they are not gathered enough, they're not experienced enough, and, and they're not mature enough right now to, to play at the level that a lot of us have become accustomed to in watching Utah football. You know, they are young, uh, and sometimes I get irritated when, when people say, well, that's just an excuse. No, it's a thing. Uh, and young players aren't as good as older players. I mean, that doesn't seem like much of a stretch to me. But here here are some, some positives, Gordon, to take from the game. Okay. Ty Jordan looks like a, a really explosive player and could be a really nice change of pace tied back to Jordan Wilmer, Wilmore and, and Devin Brumfield. So I, I thought that was certainly a positive. And then on defense, I mean, look no further than Nephi Sewell. What a stud. Yeah, what a game. Yeah, he played well. He, pl- mm-hmm. he, he was incredible out there. I thought I thought Clark Phillips uh, looked pretty good for the most nine, part. Nine tackles for him in, in his uh, first college start. Right. Uh, Devin Lloyd, I mean, we knew he was going to be a stud. I, I think, that, you know, that's a thing. I thought the defensive line played played pretty well. Um, I, I, they, they were definitely more effective, Gordon, when they dropped eight, as opposed to when they, uh, when they were aggressive. I thought there was a crucial third down, I think USC's first touchdown, I want to say in the second quarter, 
uh, where uh, where Utah blitzed on that third down and they got the touchdown. So, I mean, I think that we said this going in, Gordon, and I, I still believe this to, despite, you know, giving up 33 points to USC. I, I'm not worried about the defense. I'm not. Kyle Whittingham yeah. and that, that crew, they've got more than enough credibility that they can make a, you know, a young defense pretty, you know, pretty functional on the football field. It, yeah, the offense up- was the – the hard one to watch. They gave up 357 yards in that game, 93 on the ground. And uh, that I agree with you. I, I thought that was a decent showing for a defense that was replacing nine starters. So, yeah, I mean, that was okay. The offense, though, and the turnovers, Jake, five turnovers in that game? Yeah, how many yeah. games are you going to win where you turn the ball over five times? Not many. You know, one in a hundred. How many times did BYU uh, turn it over and nearly beat Utah uh, one year? What uh, I think that was the Taysom Hill year, right? One of the Taysom Hill years. Didn't they turn it over? Was it five or six? Uh, I'm not sure. I do remember the uh, that that the bowl game down in Vegas where they turned the ball over early. Remember they? Oh, that was early. Oh, you know what? It was Utah who turned the ball over a bunch. I think against BYU, but still won. <laughs> Maybe that was well, it. well, I was just thinking about when Utah went up on them by like four or five touchdowns. Yeah, and that was BYU in Vegas. Came back. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that the the defense played really well, lights out against the USC Trojans, but it wasn't. It it was not that bad, and some of the young players uh, looked pretty promising. Yeah, so I, agree I, with you I on that. I don't uh, think the, you fans should be freaking out about the defense by any means. One one area though that uh, that and I'm not sure how many of the guys were starters and how many because I didn't go back and look up all the names on the jerseys. It, I mean, it, it, put the names of the players on the freaking jerseys, will you? So we know who's doing what out there. I don't like. I don't. I didn't like that, especially for a team that was starting out with so many new players, and they had all you know. They had unity and peace and love and all that stuff on the jerseys. Nice, nice messages, but I want the names of the players on there so we can tell who's who a little more easily. But the offensive line. I mean, that was supposed to be an area where where the youths yeah. were a little more put together. And I'm not sure that's the way it looked, not to my eye anyway. I didn't think they played well at all. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and I didn't catch Hans talking about the offensive line. Usually he's a little more hesitant to say that uh, they didn't play well. But it didn't, it, regardless of who was back there, it didn't seem like it was going well for the O-line. USC seemed like they were pressuring the quarterback uh, the whole night. But maybe, you know what, maybe Bentley was holding on to the ball too much. That's uh, sometimes quarterbacks are, are guilty of that, but it, it seemed like USC was doing what it wanted up front to me. Well, it looked to me like they were bracketing Brant Keithy, and uh, obviously he's a stud who you would expect to get. <laughs> I don't know, maybe my expectations are a little high, but I thought Keithy would <laughs> average about seven, eight, nine catches a game this year, and uh, SC was all over him. And so that was difficult for the Utes. He only had uh, four catches for 23 yards in that game. Uh, and, and the other receivers, Jake, you brought this up quite a bit. You've, you've said that the receivers, you always wonder about those that receiving core. And uh, there, I didn't see any big plays being made, you know. That, and, and you can blame the receivers or you can blame the quarterback on that, yeah, whatever you want to do. But the, those were problem areas. This offense did not look good at all, and I think they're probably capable of, of putting it together and being better than they were. But 
It was, uh, as you said, it was not an impressive showing by the entire offensive unit. You know, I'm I'm going with the incomplete on the receivers. I I get annoyed with every fall camp. It's uh, you know, all of a sudden Utah found the next Jerry Rice, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, that kind of never happens. So I I'm still in incomplete mode with the receivers because what I saw out of the quarterback position was bad enough that you're like, well. You know, I have no doubt that Dax Milne at BYU has has gotten a lot better and put in a lot of effort, but it helps a lot that Zach Wilson's back there dealing. You know, uh-huh. so I'm I'm going I, I'm going to hold off on my uh, criticism of the wide receivers for a week because I just don't. You know, I just mm-hmm. don't know what we saw. the The protection wasn't good. The quarterback play wasn't good. And you know what? Maybe the receivers weren't open because that's certainly been a problem in the past. But yeah, and I agree with you. And you mentioned the running backs. The, the the running game really needs to be better, but in order to have those guys be successful, the offensive line has to create space for them, and I, I think that needs to improve in a major way for uh, for a Kyle Whittingham offense. Uh, by the way, Ute fan man reminds me, Utah turned it over six times to BYU's three and still won. Did uh, did Utah turn the ball? Oh, when they when they won, when they when Utah still won. That's what it was. Yeah, I think. Okay. I think that was the Taysom Hill uh, failed uh, two point, two point conversion. conversion year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Uh, we want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective uh, communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Hanging out live with our friends at uh, RGS Exteriors and Construction. Give them a call 801 280 3110. 801 280 3110. Get your uh, exterior of your home prepared. For the change in seasons, they can do all sorts of stuff for you. 801-280-3110. We'll have uh, more Big Show coming up next. Don't forget Stuart Mandel at 3 o'clock, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Now I've been happy lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Oh, I've been smiling lately Dreaming about the world as one And I believe it could be Someday it's going to come Cause out on the edge of darkness There rides a peace train it's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are live today at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Call them. Find out what they can do for you. 801-280-3110. 801-280-3110. Gordon, quick corrections and retractions. Uh, Stuart ah. Mandel, had, he had to reschedule with us. Very busy man. He's going to join the show at 430 as opposed to uh, the top of the 3 o'clock hour. So adjust your schedules. We'll, we'll do what's going on instead at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Stuart will join us at uh, 4.30, uh, right before Tanner Mangum at 5, and right after Tom Hackett, who will be with us uh, at 4. Let's, let's talk about the, the BYU-Washington uh, saga, Gordon, uh, because uh, uh, Bruce Feldman, your guy, uh, tweeted out yesterday, sources – BYU turned down the opportunity to play Washington this coming weekend. UW has reached out. Uh, UW had reached out yesterday, but was told BYU wanted to wait uh, until after the CFP rankings Tuesday to gauge their place. "Quote: It's off the table." Unquote. 
Uh, we'll get to Tom Homo's comment in a second, but what was kind of your initial reaction when you when you heard that, Gordon, as you kind of digest the ongoing situation? All right, now I'm going to climb up on my uh, my my the the, <laughs> the 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 pedestal here to uh, start preaching and talking out of both sides of my mouth because I don't like either side of this. I don't like the Pac-12 having all these stipulations attached to uh, any kind of non-conference game. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Their demands, just stupid. And I don't know how any team can, can, can really agree to that easily. So I don't like that side of it. On the other hand, I don't like BYU's explanation. You know, we want to wait and see what the standings are. Why? That's not, that's not what uh, – that's not what you should be espousing at this point. You, this whole thing of playing any team, any time, anywhere. I mean, that's not. Uh, oh, we want to wait and see where we are right now before we pick up a good opponent to play. Uh, so I, I thought they're both sides just just kind of dumb. And I really didn't like what Kalani Sataki said about. Didn't he say something about how his he had promised his players that they could spend Thanksgiving. And, uh, what was that all about? I, I, that just strikes me as the wrong tone for BYU at this point. I know they've played more football games than anybody else has, but they really haven't because the opponents they've played have just been bad. That game on Saturday was a joke. It was a joke. I, I wouldn't have blamed any BYU fan for falling asleep in that game. That's not a real football game. Most of these games have not been real games, so I'm a little I'm a little ticked off at BYU's attitude about the whole. Oh, we'll wait, we'll wait, and we'll see where we are in the in the rankings. Come on, are you are you really going to play anybody anywhere? Are you going to make excuses? I mean, you need you need. I I've heard PK. I've heard other people say they don't need anybody else. All this stuff. That, that, that's not the attitude this team should have because they haven't played. Other than Boise State, they haven't played Jack Squad anybody this year. And so I don't like the Pac-12's attitude, and I don't really like BYU's attitude about it either. So you're grumpy across the board. I like Well, I mean, uh, tell me, what, what is it really? Uh, Do you really want to play? You want to play a, a quality opponent in a year when you haven't had – you've had one? Or, you know, and I, and I don't like the Pac-12's arrogance either. So I, I understand how BYU might be – upset a little bit with the Pac-12's rules. But, Jake, on the other hand, uh, I, I think this that what they said publicly about not playing it, I thought those things were just kind of bogus. So here's here's Tom Homo's uh, statement, uh, and then I'll, I'll get to my opinion. I, I, I'm with you on some stuff, and I, I, I'm not on, on some stuff. But here's what Tom said. We remain open to the exploring options to add football games and have been and have been throughout the season. In that exploration process, there are a variety of factors that need to be considered, including location, prep time for the game, the chances of the game being played, the testing protocols that are in place, and what the game would do for our resume. At this point of the season, having played nine games and being nationally ranked, we are involved in discussions for possible matchups with other teams on common open dates for the benefit of both teams, unquote. 
Now, I, uh, you heard Tom in there mention uh, and what the game would do for our resume. That is the part that uh, Bruce Feldman obviously latched onto, which I would guess that Bruce was getting this from a, a Washington standpoint, it would seem. And that's probably what his Washington side said. But I see what Tom Homo's saying by there is a bunch of other factors that, that are going into this story. I wish he was a little bit uh, more specific personally when he explained it. But I, I, that was the part of the report by Bruce that kind of caught my eye. Like, is that really all the whole reason? Because there, there are other reasons out there. I mean, and, and the, the Pac-12's uh, arrogance being yeah. the biggest one. In yeah. my opinion, and because what's the likelihood? Let's what's the likelihood that if BYU agreed to play Washington, that Washington would end up playing Utah instead or something? Well, our very own Jay Catch reported that Washington's already game planning for Utah, and there were some <laughs> other people that had that out there as well. So, uh, you know, what's BYU going to do? Sign on to be the backup plan? Yeah, I, and, that's and the part through... of it that. Yeah, yeah, that's a part of it that's completely unreasonable. We said that the second we saw the stipulations that the Pac-12 was putting on playing any other team outside of Pac-12, just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm, 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 I guess I'm mad all around at everybody here, you know. Right. And maybe, do you think BYU has something better on the line somewhere that they haven't finalized yet? Um, I believe they're talking to Cincinnati. Um. They've got a common open uh, open date Saturday, but but you know, but you know my opinion on this, Gordon. I, I think they should schedule as many good teams as they can within reason. Like Tom Homo said, there it's got to be, be good for both teams. I don't, yeah. you know, I, I I can see what he's getting at there, but I don't believe BYU is going to get into a P five. So if they could schedule some sort of you know climax of the season against Cincinnati, I think that that would be really really great. So I, I hope that's kind of what he's talking about. I believe him when he says he's he's talking about a bunch of stuff. I'm sure he is. It's his job. Do you think so, BYU found any any uh, pleasure in telling uh, a, a a Pac-12 team? Uh, ah, nah, no thanks. You know because uh, BYU is not. Look, I, I understand it. It BYU needs to play somebody, in my opinion, to show wh- who they really are. And they need to do that. But the Pac-12's attitude about this whole thing is shameful. Well, I, here, to answer your question, and, and we're we're a little bit short on time. No, I don't think they, they took satisfaction out of that. Because I, I believe that they want to play. And they want to play more games. Not just against good opponents, but they want to play football. Have as much as of the season um, a, as they possibly can. Um so I don't believe they took pleasure in not taking a game. I think they'd like, love to figure something out to uh, to take a game. But, you know, some of the stuff out there is is unreasonable. And I, I thought that BYU is taking a bad rap for that tweet and Zach Wilson's headband. First of all, we have no idea who's controlling the BYU football Twitter account. It could, it could be some intern. It's certainly not Tom Holmo. We have no idea. I heard it's Zach Wilson, frankly. They, they might have gotten caught up in the moment or whatever. And Zach Wilson's a player. Of course he wants to, <laughs> you know, prove himself. But everybody made a, a huge deal out of that. Like, oh, play somebody anytime, anywhere. It's like, come on. Well, this is the biggest sticking point, really, with the whole thing. I have no problem. With with Zach Wilson saying that, I, you know, I mean, they want to. OK, I get that. You and I agree on this completely. I don't know where we disagree, 
really. Okay, I mean, good. For, but, but, but BYU has to be able to schedule a game and really schedule it. Not schedule yeah. a game and then think, oh, uh, well, uh, okay, well, if at the last second you have to pick, you get to pick a, a team from your conference instead, and we get booted to the curb. What kind of ridiculous stipulation is that? I mean, I, I get it, but BYU should do everything possible to find a quality opponent to put on their schedule. Just remember, the last time they were undefeated with this many wins, this many games played. Remember what happened to them at the end of the year. Uh, last time they were nine to zero. What year was it? It was the year that Doman was the quarterback. Oh yeah, and they lost to Hawaii, and then yeah, lost to somebody got, in the bowl game. Did they, they? They got kicked around at the end of the year. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh one. one. Krupp, uh, now, first I, now year? check me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, didn't they have some injuries? Yeah, Luke Staley. Anyway, only the point, Luke Staley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that all? Uh, so, uh, really, I understand BYU's not wanting to comply with pac 12 stupid rules. I get that. But, but uh, you know, to say, well, we want to wait and see where we are in the standings, I think that was a bad reaction. Uh, that was not necessarily what they, they should have put out there. Say it a different way. Say you're disgusted with the, with the stipulations that the Pac-12 had, and you don't want to mess with that crap. That if, if you know, because that should be the truth, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, not, not uh, well, you know, our players are looking forward to having Thanksgiving off, and you know, we we uh, we want to wait and see where we are in the college football playoff rankings. I, I think that's just dumb. All right, we've got what's going on coming up next. Stay tuned. We are live here, RGS Exteriors and Construction. Uh, give them a call, 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110. Uh, our friend Tim joins us once again. And let's, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your relationship with James Hardy. And uh, I'll start off by making a bad joke. Uh, when you know the good folks over there at James Hardy as well as you do, do you get to call him Jim? Sure. Jim? Jim. Jim. Jim Hardy? Hey, I like let's it. Talk I've never to, heard of it before, but I like it. <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, what what they are and why your relationship with them is is so cool. No, it's great. So James Hardy siding is really just kind of the top of the line um, siding that that everybody's going to now. He's just a fiber cement um, siding. So the nice advantage of that is you don't have to to paint it near as often. Um, you know, they really it's about every twenty or thirty years because it's a cement based product. It doesn't expand and contract like wood does. So you get the, the benefit of a wood look, but you don't have to paint it. So anyway, it's kind of what everybody's going to. It's what 90, I'd say 95% of the new construction homes are now. And, wow. and so, yeah, it's a, it's a great product. Um, and then to, uh, you mentioned our affiliation with them. We're, we're an elite contractor, elite preferred. In fact, the only one in Utah ever. And it's really just because we've hit a certain criteria. We've had enough happy customers. We've, we've hit their standards. They come and inspect our jobs. We've done everything we need to do to, to be that elite contractor. And so we're, we're really proud of that. Okay, so here's the number to call, 801-280-3110, and uh, find out why they're the best in the biz when it comes to uh, James Hardy, or Jim, if you will. Uh, but you guys do all sorts of stuff. I mean, pretty much if it's on the outside of your house, uh, you can do it. We betcha, you know, whether it's wood or cedar siding, you know, you've got custom metal siding, uh, soffit and fascia on your eaves, stucco, stone, brick, um, you name it. And, of course, obviously the gutters is... What we've we've talked a lot about today too, but gutters, gutter covers, so you don't have to ever clean your gutters out again. Getting a heat cable to prevent the ice, so anything you got it. 
Here's the number to call, 801-280-3110, here at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Tim, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.